Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Big Review Ski Gangs of London Special. My name is Owen Hardy, and I'm genuinely delighted to be talking to you today, mainly because it's just nice to talk to other people. I haven't spoken to anybody in weeks. Uh, it's a very strange time for everyone. I hope you and your loved ones are keeping safe and well and clean and all of those other important things. Um, now, as you may have noticed, this isn't just any old version of the Big Review Ski, though. This is a very special lockdown episode dedicated to one of the most highly anticipated brand new TV shows of 2020, Gangs of London. It's an action-packed nine-part Sky original drama. All episodes are going to be available from this Thursday, 23rd of April, exclusively on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. So you'll be able to binge away to your heart's content. So that'll be Thursday's plans done. I don't know what you're going to do on Friday, but at least that's Thursday sorted. Um, now, we're going to get to that show in just a second. But first of all, I want to introduce you to two other real human beings who have been kind enough to join me here today. As I said, it's been a while since we've been talking to other people, but uh, these two, they've, they're socially distant right now, and that's good, but they've made themselves emotionally available for you and me, uh, which is lovely. So will you please give it up for the one, the only, she's marooned in me, it's Justine Stafford. Round of applause. Round of applause. Hello. Hi, Justine. Hello, Hello. there. Great to uh, be here. <laughs> delighted to have you here. And uh, and making his long overdue Big Review Ski debut. It is, of course, Mr. Rob O'Hanrahan. They said, give the people what they want. Nobody else was available. So, Rob, you're up. It's <laughs> Cheers, great to have sorry, you. Yeah. Um, how excited are you both uh, to be here today, Justine? We'll start with this you. is, I mean, as you said, I've made myself emotionally available for this. This is huge. It's the first time in my life that's happened. So, I mean, this is big. Uh, it is beautiful. Hugs. Yeah, absolutely. High fives. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how are you coping with lockdown, Justine? Look at uh, Nabber. I mean, the internet isn't ideal, um, but there's lots of fields. Um, I'm yeah, I've completed uh, a lot of binge watching. Uh, so this came just in time because I was in need of something, and okay. I'm now counting down the days till the release of it. To be honest, I mean, I, I like your your look here. Is this like an actual headset? Are you Thank working you. in the, like Nabber's one and only <laughs> call center? What's going yeah. on out there? We have one call a day. Um, I'm expecting that any hour now. But yeah, it's okay. kind of like, um, I feel like I should kind of bring this into the office. I feel very businessy, like I'm very either a gamer or in a call centre. Or Britney. I kind of feel like it's a Britney mic. Go with Britney in a call centre. That yeah. works. Britney in a call centre. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that. And Rob, uh, as we said, this is your uh, your long-awaited Big Review Ski debut. Now, there have been some lockdown rumours going around about you. I don't know if you've heard them. The mm-hmm. rumour is that you've been cutting your own hair every three days so far since quarantine began it about is two years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been prepping for this. You know, they're talking about how Wimbledon had pandemic insurance. I've been learning how to cut my hair for about 10 years, just in case this actually happened. No, I actually, uh, I washed my hair for the first time about three weeks this morning. So it's uh, it's been a good day. I also finally learned once and for all that I cannot 100% grow a beard because I tried it. So I like, I shaved yesterday for the first time since we like went into lockdown, whatever that is, about three, four weeks ago. <laughs> That's, I'm not even joking. I didn't need to shave it. <laughs> like, it was appalling. Like you just blew on the face. And then uh, yeah. it just all like fluttered away. Just all, all disappeared. Like, and it was, it went ginger and just, ah, lads, Ooh, like not happening. Just no. Yeah. But it's good to know. It's good to know for once and for all that I can't do it. 
Shout out to all the lovely redheads today as well. Of course, yeah, <laughs> we're delighted. Some of my you. best friends are Jean. Some of my best friends, are <laughs> of course. Um, so as we said, we're here uh, to chat about the brand new TV series, Gangs of London. I'm sure you've been doing lots of binging while on lockdown. Have you any kind of ideal kind of setup, like in terms of snacks? I'll tell you, Cillian, as Easter just happened there, I don't know about you guys, but if you pop into the shops, and I know like essential journeys only, but Easter eggs are half price at the moment. So, and they're reducing the value day by day. So I would stock up on as many Easter eggs as possible uh, just to have some snacks there with you. But is there any particular snack you're enjoying at the moment? I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of in my house. It's a bit of a mystery game of if you open the press, what's in it today? Because I'm here at my mother and father as well. So I'm kind of going through biscuits with tea that I've kind of started a scale of the best biscuit to dunk. So okay. I've discovered Jaffa Cakes. Where are you? You're wasting your time with Jaffa Cakes. Oh, it goes straight but, in for a hobnob. Like a hobnob is where it's at. Or a Kimberly Mikado. Don't overlook a Kimberly Mikado. So I've kind of, that's entertaining me as well, that I'm developing a scale of best to worst biscuits to dunk in tea. It's so. entertaining and it's educational. Ed, yeah, <laughs> making, the, making the most of your science time there. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Uh, my it's really exciting for me because my local Tesco is like really small it's one of those like metro ones or whatever and um, it's usually dreadful but because of whatever's going on in terms of them making sure that it's fully stocked they have loads of like new exciting things in like milk and bread um, but no no I actually I've gone 100% back to basics and I completely rediscovered white bread and real butter ah uh, lads just it's addictive. Ah, yeah. It's addictive. Toast. toast is incredible. Yeah, it's just—it's not fair how good it is. So uh, that's been me entirely. So I'll be rolled out of this place in the next like <laughs> with no years. facial hair. You'd be yeah. so smooth. <laughs> um, so yeah, as we said, uh, we have been binging away. People have been catching up on books, TV series, movies, everything. As we said, Gangs of London—it's coming to Sky Atlantic and Now TV exclusively. On Thursday, the twenty third of April, um, a wee bit of background on the show. First things first, it stars Colin Meaney, so immediately everyone in Ireland is hooked straight away because we all just have to take an interest in what he's doing. Um, we will be talking a little bit more about his character, but he essentially he plays Finn Wallace, the deadliest, most powerful crime lord and head of uh, the most powerful kind of criminal family in London. Uh, he's been in that position for about twenty years. He came over from Ireland as a young uh, immigrant, and he's made he's made his way to the top. But, and this is, we're going to be looking at the trailer now in a second, but not a spoiler. Everybody relax your cacks. This is not a spoiler. He is shot <laughs> dead at the start of the first episode. <laughs> but it's in the trailer, and it's also at the very start of the episode, and it's a key plot point as well. So basically, the whole story revolves around uh, the fact that he's been assassinated and his son, Sean Wallace, uh, who's played by um, Joe Cole, um, not the footballer, um, he, he'll basically, uh, he wants to find out who shot his daddy, essentially. So we will get to Colin Meany in a moment, but obviously all these different gangs start vying for uh, who's going to come out top of the pile in London at the time, now that his uh, his space has been vacated. But got me thinking about gangs just in general. And I was wondering, were, were either of you, Rob, were you in a gang? Like, I mean, <laughs> I'd say you were in a very kind of like, no, like baby face. Nice, <laughs> like, like now good take, a good, take a good hard look at me. Do you think I was ever cool or hard enough to be in a gang? They wouldn't even let me do the admin for a gang. Like, I, I'm so far removed. Like, I was the kind you of You could use who, my yeah. headset if you want. For the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> you're speaking to Gangs of London, Rob speaking. How can I help you today? Uh, no, absolutely not. No, I was the kind of lad who like just wasn't like if we, we played Manhunt or whatever like that. Like they gave me fake letters because they were like, "We'll get caught. We'll give up this letter in like two seconds." So uh, yeah, no, so no, not. no is the answer. It's a firm no from me. <laughs> Uh, Justine, were you uh, like roaming the streets of Knobber in a gang? <laughs> the uh, the only even vague idea of being in a gang was when we did our school nativity play, and uh, I got cast as one of the three wise men. Okay, but hang on, there was kind of four people that they wanted, so they then changed it to the four wise dudes. And we, for a few months, owned that title and took over the school as the four wise dudes who were actually the four biggest nerds. Uh, So taking one back for the nerds, that was me, (laughs) age 10, and that's my only... Only well, insight into a gang. Can I ask there? So you know, it's like Casper, Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar. Was like Casper, Melchior, Balthazar, and Jim. Like, or did they give you the fourth name? Who's the fourth cool dude? Ian. Ian, Ian Brady. That's it. <laughs> Ian, Ian Brady, the fourth wise dude. Well, as gang names go, uh, the four wise dudes is pretty. Yeah. It's pretty excellent. Yeah. Like old frankincense, <laughs> myrrh, and hobnobs. Yeah, like if, if, <laughs> yeah. If, if Martin Scorsese came up with like the four wise dudes, everybody would be like, yeah, that's an amazing no. thing. Yeah. Uh, Look, well, I, in looks with Calamini to play to play the one of the four. So of course, um, I was I was in a biker gang, and we were uh, imaginatively called the biker gang. Uh, it was down down the point uh, in Derry. And uh, basically, <laughs> it was just anybody who owned a bike. And I was actually the laughing stock. Me and my brother were the laughing stock of the gang because, um, first of all, that's not cool having your brother in your gang. But anyway, uh, but we both had, everyone had like BMXs and cool racing bikes. My parents had got us BXMs. And I don't know if those are real bikes or if they're just like knockdown versions of BMXs and they've just rearranged the letters. And everyone's like, look, check out my BXM. And uh, it was pretty embarrassing. But we all put the little uh, ice pop sticks in the spokes uh, yes. to make it sound like uh, <laughs> the biker gang is coming. So, uh, and how have you guys managed now, like, considering you only set up that gang two weeks ago since you've got into <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, it's tough. We're just like doing Zoom calls to each other and showing each other like our, our ice pop sticks collection, basically. Um, so yeah, as we said, Gangs of London uh, is <laughs> immensely cooler than any of the gangs that we were uh, a part of. Um, as we mentioned, uh, Colomini is in there as the kind of the head of the Wallace family. Uh, so here's a quick look uh, at the trailer for the brand new original drama From Sky because global pandemic or no global pandemic, you're not going to stop Colomini when he's got a new show to do. Uh, he's going to get it out there regardless. So let's take a wee look at the trailer for Gangs of London. We're born into a certain world. It's chosen for us. Some might think it's brutal. No! 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 Please! Please I say it's glorious. Someone chose to kill Finn Wallace. Today we mourn the loss of a great man, but tomorrow it will be business as usual. No. Everything stops until I find out who killed him. I don't know about you, I actually didn't know anything about uh, the show until I had seen the trailer. 
Uh, and somebody sent the trader on and they said, have you, have you checked out the trader for gangs? And I was like, no. Um, it is like, I feel like I've had like an anxiety attack, some kind of like heart mm-hmm. attack straight after watching it. Cause it's, there's a lot, there's a lot packed into those couple of minutes. Um, did you know anything about the show in advance? First of all, I hadn't heard anything because, um, I'd kind of just been, you know, watching other things eating biscuits so when i as well (laughs) yeah so it kind of snuck up on me and then i was like how have i missed this uh but it really it's like a little mini movie to be honest even in the trailer i was like yeah i call it meanie i'm sold you know what i mean so of course of course rob did you know anything about the show uh in advance no and it was actually was funny because i had a lot of kind of preconceived notions going into watching the trailer because when i heard gangs of london i don't know why i don't know whether it's because of other shows that we've seen in movies and stuff but i assumed really kind of mustache twirling uh oh we have to bring in this opium from the far east kind of carry on or something and uh so actually seeing what it turned out to be like it's so modern it's so gritty it's so realistic like even from that that trailer, like I was completely sold as soon as I watched it. I love that you focus immediately on the fact on whether someone has a mustache or not. It's still, <laughs> still all about the facial hair for you. It's <laughs> tough, all right? It's I know, hard. I know. Uh, wishful, wishful thinking. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I know that we all had a look at the trailer and we've been fortunate enough now to have a sneak peek at uh, some of the early episodes as well. And uh, obviously, whenever you're looking at something like this, you're like, okay, let's, let's settle down. Let's see what this is like. But I think the fact that both of you texted me to say like, can you send me any more episodes of that show? <laughs> Basically, because yeah. it's that, it's essentially, it's that addictive. It's that good. So um, was there anything initially, having watched uh, the trailer that we just uh, watched and, and heard there, uh, Justine, that you were, I mean, it feels silly even asking you the question because everyone knows you're <laughs> oh, like a man, but was there anything that stood out in particular for you that you're particularly excited about? Okay, well, I have to say that I loved that the, the fight scene, nearly they choreographed it with the music in that trailer so it was like punch music beat loved that but I mean that's second to Columini of course Column is the highlight for me the second I heard his voice come in it's just like I know who it is now um, so when he's saying that line of some people think it's brutal but you think it's glorious I was like oh my god so I'm actually glad that from the get-go, even in the trailer, you see that he's shot because I don't think I could deal with the emotional trauma of seeing him shot further down the line. I'm good that that I'm aware of that now, you know, but okay, uh, it's, okay. it's great to see him doing like, obviously I love him when he's comedy, the snapper. So this is great as well to see the more serious because he's a fantastic actor. Oh yeah, um, he's, so it's, he's phenomenal. Mm, yeah. Oh, incredible. Um, so it's great to see him and a lot of uh, Irish representation as well. We have Emmett Scanlon who's in it uh, as his driver. Um, not to give any plot away with him, but uh, he's great. There's a lot of flashbacks of scenes with him. Um, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you know that? Was he? I did not. Yeah. Know that. I was just what looking that up. Yeah. Um, now he's mainly known for being Brendan Brady in Hollyoaks. Right. Okay. I don't watch Hollyoaks, um, but that would <laughs> yeah. be one of the biggest roles he's known for. So I'm sure this has been an interesting change. I'm not sure if Hollyoaks deal with gangland. Ah, uh, do you know what? It's, it's gone really <laughs> gritty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you want to see? <laughs> yeah. There's also um, Michelle Fairley. Yeah. Uh, a local dairy woman, like so. Obviously, I'm claiming her as if I'm responsible <laughs> partly for her career to date. Um, was she in your gang? She was. We invited her to the, <laughs> the, to the DM gang. 
So we did, but she uh, she was way too cool for us. But yeah, so people would know Michelle Fairley um, as most famously uh, Catelyn Stark, Lady Stark from uh, from a Game mm. of Thrones. So she's obviously got um, she plays the matriarch uh, of the Wallace family here. I'm really hoping that she kind of goes into those kind of Lady Macbeth type. Um, kind of pulling the strings uh, behind the scenes and being horrifically evil kind of roles. Plus, in a nicer way, she also played Hermione Granger's mm-hmm. mommy in the uh, in the Harry Potter movies as well. So yeah. she acting, plays the bereft acting. mother really, really well. Yeah. That kind of she wronged, does, yeah. like yeah, yeah. incredible. <laughs> my um, children, my family. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so great uh, kind of Irish representation there. Now, knowing that you're obsessed with Colin Meany, Justine, I actually. I did a wee bit of a, a mini, mini masterclass quiz. Um, I, know, I know I'm just springing this here on you. Now, oh it's, so, it's so many, there's only one question. But I want to <laughs> see, out of the two of you, like Rob, a column meaning nobody, or Justine, a column meaning mastermind specialist, uh, see who gets the closest <laughs> answer. I want to know, do you know what age is column meaning? Yes! It's, it's, what? How do you know that straight away? <laughs> <laughs> but basically because he looks the same in everything he plays no matter yeah. whether it's like the 80s 90s the noughties or now in 2020 but i was wondering like he just he never ages so I was, well first of all uh rob do you yeah. want to hazard a guess at, at the what age uh column well, i'm just thinking like in terms of, like the van and the snapper must be the close to what like tw- 50, 50 years, years ago so uh, i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go old i'm gonna go like 67 68 which one is it? You can't pick two. Uh, Come on. Okay, so I think I got it because judging by Justine's face, <laughs> um, it wouldn't be going on a Zoom call without it being a quiz, by the way. Um, <laughs> make, sure, make sure we put this on our Instagram story. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with 67. 67, okay, okay. Justine, you were very confident when the <laughs> mini, when the mini meaty question was asked. Uh, what's your answer? What age is Colin Meany? He's 67. He's no 67. way. What? That's the answer. He's 66. Oh, what? It looks like Justine just copied your answer, Rob. Yeah. I have it on good authority. Hello, Wikipedia. (laughs) His birthday is the 30th of May, 1953. So he's about to turn 67. 67. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I've been disgraced. Oh, my. You're a fraud. You're a charlatan. (laughs) Oh, wow. But it's true. Like, he honestly is playing the same age character since, like, the snapper. Like, he's still that dad, that age. It makes no sense as to how... Like, I mean, Paul Rudd is not aging and he's young. But Calamini is, like, the dad and has not aged his whole life. It's incredible. I wonder who he played in his nativity play. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The most convincing (laughs) Joseph. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Colomini is the Irish Paul Rodney. That's the way I'm going to look at him. <laughs> that's, that's him. Um, Rob, was there anything? Because obviously Meany was taken. Um, was there anything you were uh, particularly excited about having seen the trailer initially before getting stuck into the episodes? Yeah, I think it, it, it's it's that cast. Like like you were you were mentioning there, um, um, oh my God, her name is... Joe Cole or Michelle yeah. Fairley. Michelle Fairley. And it's actually funny you mentioned that. She played Lady Macbeth really, really famously. Like, and... Like this is the thing about like that that stock of of, of particularly English uh, English actors, and you see them in a lot of the Sky originals, like in, in the likes of like say for example Benedict Cumberbatch and in, in Patrick Melrose, uh, and even in the likes of Tim Star and Brassic and stuff. But the caliber of acting in it is incredible because so many of these were brought up 
in by the likes of the Rush Shakespeare Company and people like that. So, um, like Joe Cole is amazing. It's really, really cool to see him kind of step out of Killian Murphy's shadow. Um, and he's spoken a little bit about maybe his reticence or reluctance in kind of taking on this role because it was quite similar to stuff that he's done in the past. But that he's really excited now to to give the opportunity. And he talks about the ensemble cast as well. Um, and it's just like, it's amazing when you look through the caliber of it, like even down to like Danny Damani, who's what, like he must be seven or eight. Like he plays Gavarash in Les Mis in the West End. Do you know what I kind of way? So even when you get down to the kids, you have that level of like really, yeah. really incredible experience and everything like that. And then uh, Sophie Derisi, who plays Elliot, is just so, like amazing. Yeah, there's a couple of things there. One, I know your man plays uh, Kai, uh, in Les Mis, but uh, we can assure you that there's no no singing and dancing numbers oh, no. that we've seen so far in this in this particular show. But uh, yeah, Joe Cole stepping out of the, the shadow of Killian Murphy's uh, cheekbones, especially because he obviously dominated Peaky Blinders and all the other brothers and characters uh, were kind of uh, as you said in his shadow, but. It's brilliant to see him step in as Sean Wallace. Uh, he already seems like, well, even the very, very opening scene of episode one, yeah. he is, like, you oh. do not mess with him. No, uh, you don't. Yeah. Uh, because there's a, a stunning a stunning opening scene. But uh, but no, the standout for me, uh, as you said, the kind of the hidden gem is uh, Soapy Derisu. He is, I was thinking about it, he's like some kind of mix of uh, Matt Damon in the Jason Bourne movies mm-hmm. mixed with Denzel Washington in The Equalizer where he just basically, he'll take anything like a pen or a dart or the nearest action and he basically turns it into some kind of weapon yeah. and he's like, he's going to do some serious damage with it. But he, he was the standout for me there anyway. I've never felt more hurt watching fight scenes. Oh. Like I genuinely was moving with each individual thing. Like that fight scene in the bar and even then the kind of hatchet scene that you see, like uh, I almost, all, I'm not joking, that's almost tore my hair out watching that. Like it's incredible. <laughs> You're beautiful. Like it's just amazing. It's funny you mentioned Denzel Washington. He's mentioned him as a role model a couple of times. Um, and then Chiwetel Ejiofor as well. Um, about like, and again, similar kind of, he mentions Chiwetel because they have like similar growing up in London background in Shakespearean theatre and stuff like that. Um, but as well, like I was looking into his kind of background. Like, so he was like, he played quarterback at Birmingham University uh, and then went on to drama. And I was like, oh my God, he's a cool Troy Bolton. Oh, um, yeah. Because <laughs> he, he is an absolute man mountain. Oh, so he's a tank. Huge. Yeah. Um, and he kind of, he starts off, his his, uh, his character is Elliot Finch. And he starts off uh, as this kind of nobody, uh, mm-hmm. but he's hiding all of these kind of secrets, uh, like any good kind of mob slash mafia slash gangs kind of a thriller drama. One's got their own kind of uh, secrets anyway. But he, um, yeah, he kind of starts to come into his own throughout that episode. Speaking of the the violence and everything as well, um, we had uh, Colomini, <laughs> remember him? Uh, he actually, we, we were fortunate <laughs> enough to, to speak to him relatively recently before before the great shutdown of 2020 and he was uh he was chatting about a new film that he had coming out but he also mentioned uh some of the things that he was particularly excited about this show and uh the violence <laughs> the violence was one of them so uh let's hear from the man himself mr Calamini, talking about uh why he was drawn to uh working on gangs of london i'm the uh, like the godfather of the crime family and uh i'm 
basically shot in the, shot in the first shot, uh, and I'm, I'm assassinated, which kicks off a whole thing. So my, my stuff in it is all kind of flashbacks to when I was alive. Mm. So when the show starts, I'm dead, uh, basically. And uh, but it's 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 yeah, it's a tremendous uh, piece of writing. Um, I, I haven't seen the whole episode. I've just been, as I say, doing loopy, you know, eighty hour mm. work posting, you know, and. Uh, it looks it looks fantastic. It's it's uh, incredibly violent. Colin Meany describing Gangs of London as incredibly violent feels like one of the understatements of the year, uh, essentially, mm-hmm. because um, so it's one of the reasons uh, it is so action packed and so kind of action focused. Obviously, Rob, you mentioned all the kind of the Shakespearean background of like these unbelievable actors. Uh, Justine, you mentioned that Colin Meany can do no wrong, of course. And he's <laughs> age sixty six. Did you know that? I did know that. I'm 67 on the 30th of May. 30th of May, yeah. That's that's the way birthdays work. I love that while Calamini was chatting, everybody was frantically Googling (laughs) what Calamini's birthday is. But yeah, one of the the, pretty much the main reason uh, that it is so impressive on the action front is because of uh, one man and his team, Garth Evans. Uh, And if people don't recognize the name, he was the guy behind the Raid films back in 2011 and the sequel a couple of years later. Um, these action films that basically like just took the world by storm. Nobody was expecting anything. They screened and then everyone was like, holy shit, what the hell is going on here? Because they'd never seen action like it before up on screen. I don't know if either of you have seen uh, the Raid films, have you? I have watched it during lockdown. It Go was on, on my list. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> running around Knobber again, like stopping <laughs> guys. But uh, yeah, no, it's an absolutely uh, incredible series of films. But basically, uh, he is the co-creator, co-writer, and he's directed a number of the episodes, including the pilot episode for Gangs of London. And he's brought that very uh, kind of, you mentioned choreography earlier on, just in really artistic, That's, creative it's... kind of action to what people would associate as like a gritty London drama. So there's mm. stuff in this genuinely, I haven't seen action like this in a TV series before. No. There's been brilliant action moments. But I think the first episode is like about an hour and a half. It's, it's like a mini a feature, uh, film. feature film. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So um, Gareth Evans, instead of listening to me uh, prattle on about how amazing he is, uh, we were actually fortunate enough to get an exclusive interview uh, with the man himself. So why don't we just listen to him instead? This was our chat with director Gareth Evans, uh, all about Gangs of London coming to Sky Atlantic and Now TV Thursday, the 23rd of April. Gareth, it's absolutely lovely to talk to you today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. I, I already feel immediately put to shame. I'm looking behind you like I just have a beige boring wall behind me and you've got an <laughs> actual gym set up. So you're you're obviously coping with lockdown okay at the moment, are you? Yeah, d- yeah, doing all right. Um, we're very fortunate. We've got a garden we can use and everything else. And so, yeah, this is technically the office, but with some stuff that I never really use, as you can probably tell. So, you know. <laughs> Well, that's what I, that was my next question. I was going to what, talk us through your 45-minute Joe Wick-style uh, weight routine. Oh, Christ, that'll be, that'll be great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we started doing that because um, my little girl wanted to do it first and foremost. So we probably we didn't join from day one. I think we joined on like day three. And um, so far, I've only skipped two so far. It is grueling. Brilliant service, by the way. Like, you know, he, you know what he's doing is amazing. But, um, you know, I won't lie. There are days where I... I 
if it wasn't for the kid in the room, I'd be shouting at the TV at him. So yeah, yeah, you, you, you'd be you'd be skipping a lot of them. Well, first of all, um, I want to say a massive congratulations on Gangs of London. I know it's a very kind of weird way to be doing this, and as I said, we're very appreciative of you taking the time to even mm. talk about it. Um, but uh, I had a sneak peek at the first couple of episodes. I've been fortunate oh, cool. enough to get a look and i felt that actually you probably exert more energy watching that uh than you do doing a joe wicks routine because i felt like <laughs> i needed a lie down after but can you just for everybody who uh is going to be kind of maybe they've missed the trailer or the posters or whatever just tell us what's the very basic premise of gangs of london for starters the very basic premise is that the, the the show starts with the the death of a mob boss and this mob boss has been responsible for sort of like keeping um, you know, everyone in check in London. And we want to look at the idea of London being like a global city. So we have a like quite a big sort of like cast of characters and a lot of different sort of competing elements, so to speak, um, all within the world of uh, organized crime. And um, with his death then become, comes this sort of question mark over who's going to lead. Is it natural successor and his son? Is he ready to take over the reins? Um, what are the opinions of the other sort of gang leaders who may have had, you know, very little or quite a lot to deal with him? Um, and so, you know, meanwhile, you've got the son then played by Joe Cole, who is, you know, intent on stopping everything, shutting down all of the business until he finds out exactly who is responsibility for the murder of his father. And so that's kind of like the, the start of it. And then, you know, as a result of the show, as the show progresses and we start to uncover the sins of the father, the, the, you know, the secrets and lies that have kind of you know, been the foundation of this family and this organization. Yeah, the juicy stuff. That's what we're looking for. All the juicy to. stuff. All yeah. the juicy stuff. And um, we've seen London on screen as audiences uh, in TV shows and uh, and movies like a million times before. But going into this, like, what did yourself and your is it your creative partner is Matt Matt Flanner? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what what Matt, what did, how did you want to kind of set it apart from everything that's gone before? Well, the, the good thing was for us was them both myself. Like Matt Matt's been my director of photography on everything that I've done um, up until now. But he's also been, you know, in the sidelines, he's also been the guy I first show every sort of first draft of every script I've written. So I've always got notes from him for everything I've done. And so when it came time to do a project of this size, this scale, I knew I wanted someone who had been with me since the beginning that would understand what I wanted to do. But also because Matt comes from a creative writing background himself, for him to be able to help steer the ship. And so it was a real beautiful collaboration and working with him and being able to co-create this world. Um, with regards to the treatment of London, I guess in a way, I mean, we, we, we spent the, the formative years of our career really in, in, in terms of building up our, our career from scratch out in Indonesia of all places. And, you know, we weren't familiar with Jakarta other than, you know, the, the brief time we'd spent there before we made movie number one. And then, um, and, and so then all of our approaches whenever we were filming out in Indonesia, out in Jakarta, was to kind of avoid the pitfalls of being like a foreign filmmaker in, in another country where it becomes like a, a tourist snapshot. It becomes like, you know, all the postcard pictures and all the sort of locations that all of the sort of the, the sights and sounds that you associate as a tourist. And so we didn't want that for, for our version of London. You know, when, when it came to doing Gangs of London, neither myself nor Matt have, you know, lived in London prior to working on the show, obviously. Once we started getting into it, then we we uh, we, we lived there for for, for for a decent amount of time as we were doing our research and then um, you know in production itself. Um, and so you know that was our approach. We kind of we knew we knew that what we were doing was going to be quite a heightened version of the city, and you know the characters were going to be quite larger than life. And you know we weren't looking to do a social commentary, so this was never going to be something along the lines of like Top Boy or you know or, or other films and TV shows of its ilk where you know they've done that and done that very very well. 
Um, we knew that what we were doing was going to have moments where we would jump into flights of fancy. We knew we were going to have, you know, stretched out action sequences that would go on for an ungodly amount of time. And, you know, sort of the, and so in order to do that, we wanted it to feel a little bit more mythic, a little bit more heightened. And so we consciously decided in our, especially in our first, first, first shot of the episode, we were doing an aerial shot of London where the camera's flipped upside down. So already you kind of caught off guard. I thought my screen was broken. I was watching it. I was like, oh no, I need to turn my, I need to turn everything upside down. But then it, it just it gradually revealed. They'll have to come out with a disclaimer for F1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, everybody confused. Exactly. But I think, I think it was key to us that when we did that shot as well, like one of the small things we did in that, because obviously we, you know, working with um, Duke, who did the VFX for the show, we made a, we made a, a decision to kind of like, let's, let's erase all the landmarks. Let's get rid of everything which looks specifically like London. The geography is the same. So, you know, the river is where the river needs to be. And then there are certain buildings and pockets of things which are kind of like reminders of, of, of actual London. But then the, the landmarks have gone. And so they kind of exist in its own creation then, so to speak. No, that's uh, that all sounds super. And as you said, it kind of does have that heightened feel with the extended action sequences mm. and the larger-than-life characters. You mentioned there yourself, Matt, doing some research on it. Did you have any close encounters? I'm not going to ask you, did you join any <laughs> organized gangs? But uh, any kind of close encounters are just, I'm sure you heard some absolutely insane stories from people. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Pulse were really good in terms of, because I think some of the guys from Pulse come from a journalistic background, so they were able to kind of link us up with a lot of different people. Um, and whether that was, you know, former undercover policemen or former you know criminals that have turned good um here and there first-hand accounts of what it was like uh, on the streets of london and we you know for us it was about you know doing a deep dive in the initial sort of research and to to find <clears throat> stories that were taken either from you know news headlines or or, or from these little anecdotes that we were hearing and finding ways to sort of treat them differently to bring them up more in terms of cinematic scale then. And so it was kind of like if, if everything came from a source of an origin point of being grounded in reality, then we could tweak that and we could raise the game on that a little bit more than to kind of make it feel unique and special. Now, I don't know if you remember this, it's obviously one of my life highlights, but we actually had a conversation about six years ago, uh, whenever you were releasing The Raid 2, right. and and whenever you were, we were chatting, and you actually mentioned, I was having a read back, and uh, you mentioned that whenever you were working on The Raid films, you were like, one of the key things about the cast and crew and everything is like, you always, you never want anyone to develop uh, what you called an arsehole ego, which is a great mantra <laughs> in life anyway. Um, yeah. like with an amazing cast and crew on this, hopefully there were no arsehole egos anyway. But, what, <laughs> what, like, but the cast you've assembled is incredible. Um, yeah. Like In terms of putting them together, um, there's a really strong Irish connection that our audience are particularly mm -hmm. interested in. Colin Meaney is a national treasure. So yeah. whenever everyone sees him getting shot immediately, <laughs> I think you're going to have a, a bit of a riot on your hands. But what was it about him? Apologies uh, for that. <laughs> yeah, listen, that's fine. You can apologize for killing Colin Meaney. But like, what was it about uh, him as an actor and a performer that, that you wanted him in that very key and very kind of uh, consequential well, role? We 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 knew we knew that 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 role that that figure he had to carry a certain amount of gravitas. It had to be one of those. It had to be someone who, the moment you see them on screen, you feel power from them. And Colm's always had that. And and I've always been a fan of his work. You know, you know, ever since I was like probably way too young to watch the commitments, but watched it and loved it. And you know, and so you know, and following through his career since. And so 
you know, when when his name was kind of put forward, um, uh, Kelly Henry, who, who was the, our casting director, did an amazing job, by the way. Like, you know, aside from all the sort of the big temple names that have kind of become part of the show, she also cast the entire show with a sense of like authenticity, and, which was which is key to us. But with regards to Com, it was just like, yeah, it was, it, you know. I, I made a purposeful uh, approach that in the first episode, and he will appear throughout the show at various you know stages and stuff, and fill in the blanks, so to speak, on you know what what his character got up to pre being shot in the face. Um, <laughs> but um, with with Kong, I mean, like as soon as you see him, he exerts that power and he exerts that control. And so because he's so familiar, because he's so you know uh, robust as a, as a performer, then um, I didn't need to show him full-on close-up uh, from the get-go. So we were able to kind of just give you glimpses of him. And and um, and it, it, it's a weird thing because like he's he's across the show quite quite a, quite a lot, um, as you'll see in the in the in some of the other episodes. But um, sadly, I only got to spend like two days with him and across the entire thing. It was like yeah, you know, we, we did two days of filming and that was it. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately I didn't get to see him because I was shooting some of the other apps while he was shooting his uh, stuff with the other guys. But um, yeah, in a, a, a very generous, very kind performer. And, and, and in terms of the, uh, what we talking about, the, the, the arsehole ego, um, we were really, really fortunate, you know, with a cast this big and with a show this, this, this size, the fact that it just keeps moving and keeps moving and keeps moving. Like they were an absolute joy. Like, you know, it, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't subscribe to the whole sort of like e-Hollywood story thing where everyone gushes over everyone endlessly and says, oh, they were so wonderful. Everyone's so perfect. But this was one of those rare instances where they genuinely were. Like there wasn't, there wasn't any kind of bad blood between anyone. And, and you know, with, with, with that many people, you can normally expect it to be the case. But I think everyone kind of like, everyone kind of came together. Everyone kind of felt like what they were doing was to be part of something that could, that had a potential to be quite special. And so I think, everyone kind of brought their A-game and, and not just their A-game in terms of the work and the performances, but also in terms of their personalities too. So there, were, there, wasn't, there weren't any kind of big clashes at all. It was just all a, a, a horrible love fest of everyone. So, yeah. That sounds disgustingly uh, lovey-dovey. But, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, uh, in terms of the action, and I know before whenever you were working on the Raid movies and you kind of, you discovered Eco uh, as this superstar of uh, a martial artist who could just, you know, he happened to be able to act as well, which is great. Mm. In terms of like, was it kind of a backwards approach to this? Because the standout, I mean, there's so many brilliant performances already, uh, even having seen the first two episodes. But for me, uh, it's Elliot Finch played by uh, yeah, Sophie So Yeah, Shobay is like, it's just, uh, I've been calling him basically the hidden gem. He's like, Matt Damon in the Bourne films meets Denzel Washington in The Equalizer. Like he's some kind of mash of these guys. I didn't really know him beforehand, and just every his presence on scene, even when he's doing nothing. But then whenever he does what he does in the two massive kind of action set pieces in in the kind of the pilot episode, what was it like in terms of uh, turning him as a as an actor into this you know I don't know mountain of a man, this this martial artist as well? We yeah, I mean like we all we all felt very very fortunate to be honest that we got Chopin as 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 our lead. I mean you know he again uh, credit to to Kelly in terms of the casting of the show because she was the one who put him in front of us. Um, and initially he was put in front of us for the role of Alex, um, for Ed Dumani's son. And he did this incredible audition and we loved him for it. And then I think it was, I think it was his agent who kind of said like, 
no, we want him to be the lead. And um, at that point, we were thinking, yeah, but we, we think we just cast Alex. You know, we, we, we think we got our Alex and we, were, we hadn't really considered him for it. And then um, they kind of, you know, were like, well, consider him for it. And so we were like, all right, well, let's give him a shot. And, you know, he came in and he re-auditioned for Elliot. He did a great audition. We knew he was going to handle the, the drama side of things. That was never a, a question. I mean, he's such an incredibly gifted performer. Um, but then... We, we had him do a secondary audition, which was like a, a fight a fight test, basically, where um, uh, Jude Poyer was the stunt coordinator on the show, um, who I've you know, gladly, happily worked with now since Apostle and on this and, you know, probably, you know, forevermore. Um, one, of his, one of the members of his team, Chris Webb, was responsible for running the show through his paces and just doing like a little sort of test, check-in, you know, his footwork, check-in, what his body work was like, where he favoured, where, where he needed work. And like 20 minutes into his, his little sort of fight test, Chris comes down and kind of knocks on the door and is kind of like a big thumbs up. And, you know, so Chopin had already impressed him. I think Chopin had like a background in boxing anyway, and he's quite a physical uh, person in terms of sport and uh, interest. So he, he played rugby as well and American football and basketball and stuff. Like that. So I think he's very much interested in a lot of different sports, like contact sports. So he has that physicality built into him. Um, but what we didn't expect was for him to handle the choreography quite so efficiently. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, you know, for the big, big, big dangerous stuff where people again hurled into walls and flipped over and stuff, um, men's his stunt double stepped in very kindly and very graciously and took the, the load off. But, um, you know, when it came to the, the complex choreography, well, all the punches and kicks and, 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 you know, and, and grappling, um, it was Chopin. He was just doing it and he picked it up really naturally. And we had moments when we were shooting these fight sequences where um, I, I'd forget that he was an actor that we trained up to become a fighter. I was starting to treat him like the fighters that I used to work with out in Indonesia and be like, yeah, well, let's go again, do another take. You know, <laughs> just expect it from him. And, you know, we were all we were all blown away by him. You know, I think there wasn't a single crew member that didn't come up to me at some point when we were filming and everyone kept saying the same thing. We were like, oh, my God, he could be the next James Bond. You know, he just had that, that presence about him. We just felt like we were witnessing the birth of a movie star in the making because he's charismatic. He's got movie star qualities, old school movie star qualities. He's super likable, very relatable. And then, um, and, and he happens to be, you know, intensely physical in this role as well as being dramatically, you know, remarkable. So I was kind of like, it was kind of like, okay, is there anything bad about him? And we can yeah. never find it. So, you know, um, actually, him as the next Saint Bond is a brilliant shout. You could definitely see uh, him in the running for that, if uh, if not just getting the part straight out. Yeah, yeah. 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 Who knows? Once the show yeah. comes out, maybe people will take more attention to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned it. I didn't even know fight tests were a thing. Thankfully, any job I've gone for in the past hasn't involved uh, an impromptu uh, fight test. Speaking of the action, um, if there wasn't already a smoking ban in place, uh, I would say it'd probably be one uh, implemented now with the use of uh, an ashtray in particular in that initial bar scene. Um, you've obviously made a very conscious decision to go, we're really going to deliver on the action here. Uh -huh. As you said, those kind of elongated takes. Um, like how are you mixing that up? Because even the bar fight, and people would see it the, in the pilot, the kind of the, it's almost like a horror film, gory blood. Like how are you mixing up and what can people look forward to in the subsequent episodes as well in terms of action? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, like in when it came to the the, the fight design, um, 
going back to the thing, like with with Jude Poyer, who's the, the stunt coordinator. I mean, I had a, a you know, I've, I've, me and him have both got the same kind of interest. We both kind of like watched all the same films. You know what I mean? Um, I thought I knew a lot about Hong Kong action cinema until I met Jude, and then he's like an encyclopedia for it. So he's introduced me like tons of stuff since that I didn't even know existed. And um, and we have the same kind of philosophy, which is like you know. Um, things can be stylish and things can be inventive, but it has to still feel like a real fight. And so that was our remit throughout the design process. So it had to always feel like it was still a real fight. It wasn't allowed to be in just because it was cool in terms of the choreography design. Now, um, obviously for the first fight, the one in the pub, that was us kind of given a little bit of a wink to the fact that, you know, there will be some preconceptions about the fact that it's called Gangs of London. And so there was a lot of expectations of like, oh, okay, you know, Cockney working class gangsters and the boozer and everything else. And so we were like, well, how do we subvert that? Um, well, Classic why don't we just make our, exactly how, how do you subvert <laughs> it? And we were like, well, let's not avoid it. Let's just jump, jump in two feet first, you know, and we just go straight for it. And so, um, we went into this pub then and, and, and designed this, this sort of big barroom brawl. But then, you know, looking at the thing, we were like, oh, well, let's, well, let's ignore the smoking ban because they're all gangsters in there anyway. They're not going to just step outside to light up. Let's just say they are all smoking in there. So now we can have an ashtray. So like, well, what are the things that are quintessentially British that we can use that are kind of almost stereotypical, almost cliched, but use them in a way that you wouldn't have seen it before? So the ashtray, I'm pretty sure people want to see me use that way. Um, Absolutely not. find out when they do see it. <laughs> yeah. and, then, um, and then we were like, well, what about the play in dart? And and, you know, we're, we're all fans of RoboCop. And so I was like, well, what if he kind of grips it between his fist and then that's his stab in motion? And so it was finding different ways to, to, to utilize props and locations um, and, and, and then design the sequence from there. Um, and then, you know, we, 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 spent, we spent a fair amount of time designing them. I think for the first fight, the pub fight, we wanted it to be, like, you know, aggressive, but knockabout. And so you could still f- have fun with it. You could still be pulled along like it's a roller coaster ride. The final fight in Ep one, that's you step it into a horror film all of a sudden. And it's intense. That's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's and it's supposed to be like, you know, that that claustrophobia of, you know, um the, it's like it's like the stalking slash of a of a bad guy in a horror film coming at you and won't let you go. And every time you try to get away from him, he pulls you back in. And and so it had a very different sort of like psychology to it, a different style. Um, and so that one allowed it to be more like a horror film. We, we really lent on that in terms of the production design by Matt Ganton and obviously the, the lighting by Mark Taylor and, and Matt, the DP, then obviously just all kind of coming together to create this really oppressive feeling for that sequence. As the show progresses, in like in Ep 2, we, we, we delve into a little bit more gunplay and we had a... <laughs> We um it, we shot like for so for apps two and three I did the action sequences for two and three um while Corin was shooting the drama, um and then in ep four I left him have his fun because I didn't want to take all the fun away from the the directors so it was kind of like I did apps one then two and three for the action and then I did ep five and then the rest of the guys were you know okay go off and have fun yourself, um and then and so in two we did like a big old shootout um in a field in Kent. In, in in December, very close to coming up to Christmas time. And it was so unbelievably cold um, that uh, it took me about six months, seven months to feel my toes afterwards. <laughs> um, it was really bad, really horrible conditions. It was like soup, the mud was up to our ankles and everything else. But that was a great sequence. That was that was an intense sequence, but a great sequence. So that that's one that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I think in Ep 3, we shot we shot like a, an introduction to Nagas Rashidi's character Lale, which is like a bit of a flashback. And we had like one day to shoot 
this crazy sort of like five minute sort of action sequence. So somehow we pulled it together and then, you know, testament to Jude again. Um, when I was shooting some of the drama elements for that scene, he was outside shooting with doubles to get us as much coverage as we could get on some of the stunts elements. So we could, you know, make the most of this one day of filming that we had for it. But then at the end of three, we have this really great, uh, I'm not giving any spoilers away, but we have this really great one-on-one again with Chopin, where this time it was kind of, that. that's probably his most insane action sequence across the entire show. That's so, still to yeah. come. <laughs> Jeez. That's still to come. I'm getting, I'm getting a stitch just thinking about the ones from the first episode. But and, uh... then, uh, <laughs> and then furthermore, then in Ep 5, Ep 5 is kind of a standalone, and I, I, I directed that. I brought, we brought that back to Wales. And... Um, yeah, oh, I jump in ahead of myself. In Ep Four, there's a big sort of alleyway shoot that the Corin got to do, so that was Corin's baby then for that one, um, which is super intense and 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 brutal as well. And then in Ep Five, um, I, I went off on one and <laughs> kind of designed designed a sort of uh, a, a siege uh, finale for on this one house where it it just goes crazy for about. 20 odd minutes and um, we just we just thought oh let's not hold back and so we just went full tilt on that one and that was that was that was part of our shoot in wales then which was um which was a barrel of laughs it was a lot of fun so yeah In- incredible so uh you obviously raised the bar set the bar in the first episode but it's nice to hear uh that you went off on one and we can yeah, look forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we can look yeah, forward yeah. to that action um i think uh i genuinely think uh it's it's going to go down brilliantly with the audience Do, would you be hoping or is there any word on a, on a second series I think they're planning for it. I think that that's definitely sort of like something that that is being talked about. Obviously, it's it, you know it's it the, the work's going on behind the scenes, but it's waiting to see how the first one gets received and how people react and everything else. But um, but I, I know I know like the the machine is moving around in the background. We're all in a little bit of an unprecedented situation at the moment. Um, I think globally, and I think there are more important things in life at the moment that are that are being dealt with. So you know we're just you know keeping our heads down and just plugging away at whatever work we've got. Um, and I, you know, I'm developing stuff of my own at the moment. I'm, I'm very keen that hopefully towards the tail end of this year, if not beginning of next, depending on situations and how they resolve themselves to um, make another film. So uh, that's, that's, that's sort of hopefully next on the cards for me then at least. Well, there were, because again, I from our previous conversation, you had mentioned the possibility of the Raid 3. I don't know oh. if, that's, if, that, if that's still on the cards or... Yeah, I should have, I should, I should have kept my cards close That was six chest. years ago. Oh man, because like I, I had an idea for it and, and, and I was going to do it. And then what happened was is that obviously I went, I, I was never going to do it straight after the Raid 2. I wanted to do something else first. I was developing a project. That didn't go, but it took about two years of my life away, uh, of my life, of my work <laughs> yeah. away, you know, where you know, it's not that dramatic. Um, <laughs> but it was two, two years of just not, not being able to work on something like the Raid 3 or whatever or anything else. And then gangs came around and then that filled a gap. And I was like, right, well, look, I, I'd moved back to UK already. I was like, well, look, I'm not going to go straight back to Indonesia now and then just try to make the Raid 3. I wanted to still prove that I could do something here because I hadn't done anything since I'd moved here. And so then gangs came along. We were developing that. And then the prospect of me then going straight from doing the Raid 2 to then jumping into like a, like a 10-part TV series, not knowing how many episodes I was going to direct or not direct at that point because we hadn't made the decision yet. 
um, was quite intimidating because I'd not experienced the UK day of filming ever in my life, never, not one professional day of filming in the UK. <laughs> and so that's when Apostle came around. And so Apostle became this thing where I was like, okay, look, I can go off and make this film, use it and learn from it and figure, okay, well, this is how much I can get done in a day. This is the difference between the shoot in the UK and the shoot in the in the Indonesia. In Indonesia, you just keep going until you're done. Um, and in the UK, you go as far as you go, and then all of a sudden your AD's telling you, yeah, you got like 15 minutes left. And I mean, Union oh, rules. Like, Union like rules. Four, 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 five more shots left, right? And he was like, yeah, 15 minutes. And so, so I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to cut two or three shots out then. So, but yeah, but it was a new, but it was, a, but it was a really good. Uh, it's a really bad. Uh, like I find the UK system a hell of a lot better for me personally because I think. If I carried on doing stuff out in Indonesia, I'd have burnt myself out because the raid two burnt me out massively. Yeah, so I can imagine energy-wise, I was done. I was shot, and so coming back to UK and, and you know being able to work and then actually get home and still have time to like you know read a bedtime story to the kids or whatever or actually be sociable is yeah. is do is, a Joe Wicks workout. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't yeah. think I'll be doing that when we're in production. To be honest, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, fingers crossed for the series two and the raid three eventually at some point. And uh, whichever other uh, project you happen to be working on the moment, I know their Deathstroke and Blister are both in your in your IMDb. So Blister was the one we were developing. That's kind of like parked indefinitely okay. now we're just you know that, that might get picked up further down the line De- deathstroke um I, uh, <laughs> there was a there was a moment where it was going to happen i was having a couple of chats with them um with the guys at warner's and dc sorry and then um and then i think there might have been a a, a a shift a change around of, of 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 personnel let's say that um and then i think that project stopped being a priority project for them while they were kind of reconfiguring and so I haven't heard anything since. So I don't know. Who knows? That might get picked up again in another in another couple of years' time or whatever. But uh, I haven't heard anything yet. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll watch this space. Um, all episodes are going to be available of Gangs of London for people to watch uh, straight away. Are you uh, are you kind of like I'm going to sit through the night and binge everything? Or are you like one episode at a time? I'm going to take a break. I think I think for something like Gangs, it's pretty intense. Um, I think it'd be a challenge if somebody was going to binge it all in one day. I think there's a lot of emotion flying around in those episodes, and and a lot of pretty high octane sort of action stuff going on in there. So I, I think it's a weird thing. It's like I can usually manage two, three episodes before I feel like I'm fatigued and need to need to step away. And then, and, and to be honest, like I, I, maybe it's just me, but you know, rarely have the free time to kind of sit down for more than two to three hours to watch something. So I think like, yeah, two episodes at a pop is good because then you're not fatigued by the end of the last one you saw before you gave up. Um, and then, True. so if you can approach them all with fresh energy, yeah, five days you'd be done then, wouldn't you? Really? Yeah. Well, it sounds like um, it sounds like people are going to need all the energy they have uh, to watch it through properly, anyway. But um, Gar, thanks a million for taking uh, the time uh, to speak to us today. Can't wait for everybody to 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 watch the show and and kind of for it to be out there. We'll chat to you again in six years when you've made the raid three and you'll be on Gangs of London <laughs> series five or, or something, anyway. So uh, yeah, so we'll we'll chat to you then. So look after yourself and Thank uh, you. and thanks again. Take care, okay, stay girl. safe. See you later. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. What a lovely fella, considering uh, he's obsessed with, as we said, chopping people's limbs off, yeah. providing the most horrific, gory deaths that you've ever seen. Uh, and then he's like, oh, yeah, how are you getting on? Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Um, so, uh, yeah, I reckon he's definitely up there. He's, he's making a very particular type of movie, and it's brilliant to see him bringing those kind of skills and making the TV mm-hmm. series really cinematic uh, as well. But... Uh, 
sometimes when I'm like watching a scene like that, I, I'm not great with gore. And I have to just remind myself like, okay, hang on, this was filmed. And then I just get into the technical, how did they actually yeah. do this? And I just get obsessed with that and it's fine. And like watching this was just like, this is insane. The level of choreography mm. that had to go into this. It's that fight scene in the pub. Oh my God. I've oh, never it's... seen a pint so usable as a weapon. And I am terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> Well, we're all lovers, as we've established already. No, not with each other. We're all lovers, not fighters, is what I was getting at. <laughs> I, should, I, I, should have, I should have finished the sentence first. But yeah, um, but like that was the thing whenever, because I've, I've witnessed people having arguments in pubs before, but never a full-on bar brawl. Uh, but as you said earlier, Rob, you kind of, you wince and flinch at every oh. single punch that's landed. Yeah, Justine talks about like using pint glasses. Lads, there's there's um, one of the most creative uses for an ashtray I've ever seen in my life. Like I think of kind of like like really really iconic violent scenes from like t- like TV and movies. So like the one I always go to is Train Spotting <laughs> with the with the oh, glass. Yeah. yeah, no one's leaving that one. Um, and then like stuff like even in um, uh, in the Malcolm X movie, like the with, with, like the 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 use of the violence curbs, and like, yeah. the curve like it's just it's up there it's that level of like like Justine was saying you, you kind of go from oh my god this is horrendous to oh my god they filmed this there's a knife fight I think in episode 2 or 3 where you're just like how like it goes on for so long and you get so invested in it like that's just it's it's incredible and I don't know like like the how you can do as an as an actor both the like the 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 level of detail you need to go into for a character in terms of like the grief you're dealing with or even like the anger and the violence to then the like the genuine kind of ballet of what they do in the fight scenes is just incredible definitely they also like to mix in there's a wee bit and you see it there in the trailer as well a wee bit of uh comedy after the fight scenes as well and uh yeah no no there's and there are different types of of action scenes in there. So um, I think from the drama, the wee bit of comedy, uh, the actual the mystery around who shot Calvin Meany. It's like, who shot Mr. Burns, basically? This is the biggest, <laughs> this is the biggest uh, kind of, uh, you know, investigation that's going to be launched uh, since that uh, Simpsons double bill. But um, yeah, as we said, it's going to be released on Sky Atlantic and Now TV on Thursday, the 23rd of April. Uh, all the episodes will be available uh, for everyone to watch. So, um, in terms of uh, binge-worthy series, are you are you guys? Do you like to take a, an episode at a time, give it a rest? Or are you going to be like, no, hook it to my veins? I want the full thing right now. Yeah, I'm going to go through every biscuit left in this house in <laughs> one sitting, just watching it all. Like, like I am so waiting now for this. That's literally what I'm waiting for next Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be me, a slice pan, a stick of Kerrygold, and good luck. Like, <laughs> not even a knife. Not, not even, even a knife. knife. I'm just going to hold it and smear it. Um, um, no, I, lads, like, it's rare. Like, there's certain series that have definitely captured me, and as well, like, that, that deliberately put hooks at the end of episodes or whatever to keep you going for the next one. This doesn't even need it. Every second of it is a hook. So, like, there, as soon as this what? comes out, good luck. Like, I'm yeah. I'm sorry in advance because the WhatsApp group that we've set up for this show is just going to be me with spoilers. And if you're not watching it the second it's released, just I'm admin on that call. group. You I'm, need to... I'm going to remove you from that group. <laughs> <laughs> it was just going to be me and Rob sending pictures of like sticks of Kerrygold, basically. Um, but yeah, okay. So as we said, uh, all episodes are going to be available to watch on Thursday, the 23rd of April, exclusively on uh, Sky Atlantic and Now TV. Um, so go enjoy it. It's definitely um, 
like you can take our word for it, but there's also everyone is going to be talking about this as soon mm-hmm. as it's uh, released as well. So do go uh, and check it out, especially if you're in WhatsApp groups with Justine so she doesn't actually spoil the entire <laughs> thing for you. You're just the worst human being, the worst human being. Um, I'm just too excited. I want to talk to someone about it. That's that's it. That's it. I just need. Just need. I just need. Just need to talk. About you know, I have my Colomini WhatsApp group. There's about twenty people in it. We just talk about Colomini. So now this is uh, an extension on from that. If you ever, after all of uh, this carry on is is kind of said and done, uh, hopefully we'll get uh, we'll get Colomini in for a chat. And Justin, you can be the one to talk to him. <laughs> There'll be no virtual hugs. It'll be a real hug as well. So you can. That's what's going to keep you getting uh, through all of this. Um, that's yeah that's the goal that's pretty much it okay folks well thanks a million for joining us together it was actually lovely to speak to uh, as I said two other human beings Rob congratulations on your big review ski debut uh, I think we'll much. have you back <laughs> I think you'll be back <laughs> um, and Justine as ever good luck with the biscuits um, yeah. yes everybody <laughs> uh, thanks for watching I know as ever as we finish every episode good luck with the biscuits um, thanks again for watching and listening everybody you can subscribe to the big review ski uh, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well and keep an eye out for it on Facebook and Twitter. I'm literally just going to name every single social platform there is in the world. Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Twitch, and Bebo. Uh, yeah, don't forget to check out Gangs of London when it's released on Sky Atlantic and Now TV on Thursday, the 23rd of April. And most importantly, look after yourselves, look after each other, and we will see you on the other side. Okay, love you lots. See you later. Bye.